0: Ain't nobody gonna love oh, this shit boy, I can't we all change right, yeah. like huh I mean, I've always kind of believed in aliens. I don't know if I believe in flying saucers.
1: You like might as well just walk up like to Cupid while he's on his lunch break, it's you know, crank the heat
0: like or something, yeah. Punch yeah. Him right in the face, punch a <laughs> little baby right in. We'll see that. We're almost uh, three minutes into our sports podcast and yet to bring up not one sport. You over there, you over there, all
1: you All right, welcome in episode 101 of the Hot Ritz podcast, season six, episode one. We're back, back for more, recording on Monday, February 7th. I'm Travis Stardone. With me, as always, Spencer Maddox. Spencer, I'll get to you in a second, but first I'm going to tell the people about our title sponsor, Coach's Corner. The Super Bowl is coming up. Get to Coach's Corner, Savannah's number one sports bar, to watch the big game. If you can't make it for the Super Bowl, get there any other day of the week to watch all the sports that you can handle. Hot wings, cold beers, 196 billion televisions, 3016 East Victory Drive, and coaches.net online. Also find the other sports network, Coaches Corner Sports Network shows um, on YouTube and on Facebook. Go like those today. Tell them we sent you, and they'll hook it up, Corner in savannah number one sports bar and our title sponsor for the hot crits podcast all right spencer it's super Week. how you living
0: i'm living good trev i had a lot of people mad that we were uh that we took a little break there yeah
1: i took some flack
0: it's like do 100 episodes and then you take one week off people forget about the 100 episodes in a row you know what i mean
1: look our listeners are handsome beautiful smart Intelligent, great people, but they have high standards, man. They do. They have high
0: standards. Absolutely. Um, but little do they know, we actually didn't take a break. We've got our Super Bowl preview coming out this week as well, don't we?
1: Yeah. So we're with recording big- this on Monday, uh, and this will be our episode 101. And then on Wednesday, we'll release our bonus episode with noted Bengals fan, my younger brother, Michael. Um, We recorded that last night. Uh, That was fun. Uh, So we talk about prop bets and gambling and just everything about the Super Bowl um, and including the halftime show. I mean, I I had fun time talking to D's dude. I cannot believe this guy's flying to Cincinnati to watch a Super Bowl in Los Angeles. Hilarious, man. Hilarious. So look, stay tuned for that on Wednesday. So we'll talk on this episode about everything outside of the Super Bowl, Um, all of our other usual topics. Um, and I guess, Spencer, we should probably start with everything that's gone on in the NFL and Brian Flores, um, the former Dolphins head coach, obviously suing the NFL on February 1st, noted that it's the first day of Black History Month when they filed the lawsuit. Um, and look, if people are listening to this, I don't think we need to like summarize. I think people would know by now. Um, but the gist of it is, for me, Spencer, is it's twofold. Brian Flores is, A, alleging racial inequality and racial prejudice in regards to hiring practices in the NFL. Okay, so that's one side of the conversation. The other side is, allegedly, Dolphins owner Stephen Ross tried to pay Brian Flores in 2019 $100,000 per loss. And so that is a whole different side of this. And I think, Spencer, the race thing, the NFL has clearly turned its, turned its head and, and is not too concerned, I don't think, with racial uh, equality or anything like that. They'll say they are, but they aren't. Um, what makes this a big deal is the fact that we could potentially have an owner trying to tank. And not only that, trying to bribe his coach to tank. I think that's why this became such a big deal.
0: Ah, uh, see the the reasons are intermingled to me. Like they're yes, it is it is a separate competitive issue. Uh, an owner trying to pay a coach to lose. Uh, you never want that. Um, Pete Rose is basically banned from baseball for something similar. I mean, he wasn't like actively paying to lose but he was you know yeah i mean he was, uh, he was gambling endangering the integrity of the game you know what i mean but yeah the the two are connected to me in that these guys get judged on their record um and it can stick if if you're oh you 16 the two connected. or whatever you the know.
1: two you mean the race the race stuff and the and the bribery
0: yes okay yeah ahead. So, sorry so you basically have installed someone that you're paying to lose and then you're going to fire him. And he just so happens to be an African-American coach. You know what I mean? So it's, it's not like the two issues are totally separate here. Huh? Um, it's a terrible look. I, I obviously it's a terrible look. The firing of Brian, Brian Flores, we, we both were like, what, why did they just do that?
1: Yeah. I mean, That's I think crazy. everyone was like, what the hell is going on?
0: Yeah. Um, But also, if you're paying that black head coach to lose, not only like if you were to take that money, it would be so short-sighted because if he comes out with a record of three and whatever over the past three years, he'll never get another head coaching job again, no matter how much money you just paid him. So it's like, yeah, sure, take the money in the short term, but we're screwing this young black head coach for the rest of his life, basically. Um, yeah. And- I think
1: maybe the Dolphins owner, Stephen Ross thought he had himself a yes man in Brian Flores. I don't know what would give him that idea. Cause everything I can tell about Brian Flores is like, look, if you want to bring in a guy to throw games, this ain't your guy. Like he's right. not going to be a yes man. Um, and so that was either a miscalculation on Stephen Ross's part. Um, or, you know, otherwise I can't figure out why, why on earth, brian flores would be his choice but yeah i see your point that look it doesn't help there's only one black coach in the league and then one of the best black coaches in the league brian flores is fired after winning after winning too often i think that's one thing the owners the other owners around the league i don't think they're going to even consider demanding Steven Ross give up the Dolphins if this is just a race thing though. If the 100000 dollars per loss thing is never brought up, they're not he's not in any danger of losing this team. They'll they'll stand for racism and stuff like that. That's all fine and well. I mean Bob Kraft, they'll stand for going to massage parlors and, and getting handymans. They'll stand for that but they won't stand for throwing games because the league is now tied directly to gambling in a major, major way. Right. The number one entity that doesn't want games of any sort to be thrown in any sport is Vegas and the sports books. They are the ones most concerned with making sure that there is no throwing of games, and this would be detrimental if this came out. And God forbid, what if another team, what if this happens again? Like, What if something like this comes out six months from now? Um, So I think the NFL is going to take a really hard look at it from that angle. Dude, how relatable is the Bill Belichick text mistake to Brian Flores? He thought he was texting Brian Dable, but in fact, he was texting Brian Flores. I I think that's happened to all of us. Like you send a text and then you immediately realize you sent it to the wrong person.
0: Yeah, I've definitely done that um, after a few late night cocktails for sure.
1: And it's usually the... Like, there's the shitty part for Belichick, and like, somehow, Belichick, I sort of feel bad for him here because, like, this guy makes a mistake that we've all made, but he sends it to the exact person, the only person in his phone book that he could not send that text to was Brian Flores. If he sends it to Brian Smith, that lives down the block from him, then nothing happens. Right, but he—he's the only other man involved in this situation. It's radical, man.
0: It seems like uh, it's a real old guy move for Bill Belichick. You know what I mean? Like he didn't put his glasses on; he was doing the thing with his mouth, like
1: yeah, like has his glasses on, but they're kind of pulled down to the bottom of his nose, so he can see over the glasses onto his phone, and he's just like uh, texting with one finger, just like his index finger.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So- <laughs> yeah, the letters on his phone, super big. You know what I mean? It I've never thought of Bill Belichick as old until this moment. I was like, oh man, old guy Bill. So when, F- guy Bill.
1: when Flores brings this suit, Spencer, did I like the I'm thinking of B- Bill Belichick immediately, I'm thinking of we need Bill Belichick to take the stand or else you know give a deposition of some sort because you can't get a word out of Belichick about the opposing team's defensive line, let alone a, like a text gate situation. Do you know what I mean? Like if Belichick is forced to sit on the stand and answer questions, he'll just be like, Oh, we're on, we're on to Cincinnati.
0: Yeah. Sorry. I couldn't unmute there. Yeah, absolutely. I, the, uh, the thought of Bill Belichick being on a state, especially if it's televised, Being on a stand, which it won't be, would just be absolutely electric. Not even just – like imagine him being in front of Congress. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what we need. uh, That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Look,
1: in 2019 – and we'll we'll move on from this – but in 2019, the Dolphins started 0-7. Okay? So, you know, not a math guy, but that would have been $700,000 in the back pocket for Brian Flores – um, and then for him, like he was going to get another job. I feel like he was maybe maybe not this year, but when this suit was filed on February 1st, the Texans job was still available, and I can't remember the other job, but there was another job still available uh, in the league. And Brian Flores has had one head coaching gig. He did what most people consider a, you know, above average to good job with that franchise and with that team based on where they were now who knows if he'll ever get another job in the league certainly a head coaching job I mean right or wrong Spencer now like if you know if Brian Flores walks into your office Spencer and and wants to be hired in the back of your head aren't you sort of thinking like well shit you know four or five years from now like if this guy gets mad at me what what am I going to have on my hands like he's going to leak every text I've ever sent him
0: yeah, I, I don't know. He sort of uh, like
1: torpedoed himself almost by filing the suit.
0: It it seemed like part of the I mean, obviously part of the reason he filed the suit was he felt like, you know, the emails came up, came out. He felt like he wasn't getting a fair shake. So maybe he had decided, I'm not getting a job, like screw these guys. I'm going after him with everything I got. Um, maybe he knew something we didn't like, maybe he knew he wasn't getting hired in this cycle no matter what. Maybe he got blacklisted. You know what I mean? No pun intended. No racial pun intended. Um, yeah. Well done. I wasn't going to
1: acknowledge it, but you just immediately addressed it. Well,
0: yeah. Um, maybe he did get blacklisted. You know what I mean? So there's a, I feel like there's going to, a lot is going to come out of this. Um, like that hasn't already come out, you know, a, as we get closer to a trial date, anything like that, we'll get more information. Um. Terrible, terrible look for the league, though. Like, if, when are they going to get past this, man? Like, there's so few black head coaches it, every yeah. year, it, like, and it always well, seems like they go to the crummiest jobs. And like,
1: and yeah, look, we've talked about this in the past. I I don't know that like we are going to be able to figure out an uh, like a solution to racist practices in, in hiring in the NFL on this hot Grits podcast episode. But I think like, of course if, if we handled this, not you and I, if we as, or if the NFL as a league and, you know, fans, if we were more tolerant of this conversation five years ago, 10 years ago, we may not be even having this conversation now. And so at some point, like, I, I don't want to pretend like it's not there, but it does get tiresome talking about it all the time how many black coaches are in the league how many black coaches are in this role but at some point like it seems to be an easy fix put more black coaches in offensive and defensive coordinator positions and then allow the market to adjust itself like you might have one year where there's fewer black coaches in the next or, or the year prior but that's the way to i think start moving forward at some point it's gonna have to be addressed Not with a Rooney rule or anything like that, but with a mindset, and like that's not a one year thing. That takes time, so like it needs to be addressed and talked about. But like,
0: it it does get old talking about it. Does that make sense? Like, yes. No, no, no. I'm I'm already over talking about it. I was over talking about it when I read the doc this morning. Oh
1: yeah, 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 guys. Spencer read the doc this morning. We believe that.
0: (laughs) It's just, you know. I knew I knew something I wonder like this what Joe was going along. I, I knew this. something like this was going on and it's just a confirming of my suspicions that there was some racial pride. like obviously there's so few black coaches but I really would like to see more come to light man I really would like I want to see this get handled in some way because this I mean this is groundbreaking nobody's ever it's been insinuated but nobody's ever like brought this to light so
1: I mean there's significant evidence too. You know what I yeah. mean like and all of it's alleged, I guess. You know what I mean? Like it's all alleged, but there seems to be no benefit for Brian Flores here. So if he's not doing it for the right quote unquote right reasons, which would be like you know, morality things like this is wrong, I'm going to stand up for what's right. That's the only benefit here. There's no monetary benefit, there's no career benefit. There's no branding benefit. There's
0: well, nothing. if he wins a lawsuit.
1: Yeah, but like if he wins a lawsuit, or even if they settle 18 months from now, uh, like then what? Just, like that's what I'm saying. Then if he wants to be the Jets head coach in 2025, like are they going to hire him? Probably not because he's going to be Brian Flores, the man that sued and won against the NFL. I, I just right. like that's not a great look. And so, like, that's why I believe Brian Flores because there's no real tangible benefit. If he wanted the money, he wouldn't go through a lawsuit. He would have just lost in twenty nineteen.
0: Right, very you know true. What I mean?
1: All right, one more thing from the NFL, and then we'll move on. Did you see the news about Alvin Kamara getting arrested in Las Vegas right after the Pro Bowl um, for quote battering a man at a Las Vegas strip club around get this Spencer around five thirty p.m. p.m., Las Vegas, strip club, battered a man.
0: Big-time, daytime, strip club guy. You know what I mean? Big-time, daytime. The
1: the only city in the world where that's not only acceptable but probably ideal. Um, Here's the thing. Maybe Yeah, you beat the weight. (laughs) Yeah, you beat the lot.
0: Yeah, you get to the buffet early. You beat the weight.
1: (laughs) You would be the guy that goes to the strip club for the – Yeah, they got great steak. (laughs)
0: yeah i'm not really into strip clubs man like it feels like watching porn with your buddies it's weird but i'll go eat a steak for sure i don't care what the setting is if you got a good steak i'm there
1: but you draw the line at watching porn with your buddies
0: yeah that's weird
1: yeah no doubt no that's weird
0: yeah it's live action porn with your buddies it's weird live action porn yeah
1: um look the nfc south is crumbling crumbling dude team by team except for those mighty falcons brady retires he's gone forever he'll never return uh the saints are in shambles they've don't have a quarterback they don't have or they lost their head coach the panthers are an absolute mess they don't have a quarterback their head coach is on a hot seat the falcons dude they look like they could be possibly a like one of the favorites for the division next season question mark
0: uh i don't know i think there's a good chance Aaron Rodgers comes in and plays in Green Bay, right? Like we're we just gonna ignore that. Possibly, the room?
1: no, possibly. But I mean, like right now, like okay, right where we stand, Alvin Kamara is not gonna be there to start the season. Like he's gonna serve right. some sort of suspension. Who knows right. what that'll look like? But like I would say, the Saints have a better roster, the the Bucks maybe, but they literally don't have a quarterback. Yeah. And so I'm just saying, like right now in February. The Falcons, like, don't look like they're in such a bad spot. I mean, especially depending on what they can do in free agency and through the draft. I don't know. I just think it's funny that all the shit's happening in the NFC South and the Falcons are sitting there twiddling their
0: thumbs. They're geniuses for holding on to Matt Ryan. That's what they are. And I don't know about that. Not Mad whatsoever. scientists. When the world was against them, they just held on.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, and it turned out well they did not win – More than 7.5 games.
0: (laughs) That will drive me crazy forever, dude.
1: Commercial and residential electrical services that you can trust. Bratty Electric is Savannah's number one electrical services for commercial and residentials since 1970. It's family owned and family operated. Reach them today at 912 233 1561, or 1104 East 35th Street. Brady Electric, that's two D's, B-R-A-D-D-Y. Five stars on Yelp, five stars on Google Reviews, and Savannah's number one electrical servicer since 1970. Call them today, 912- 233-1561. Alright, let's talk about John Carr for a second, the number one real estate agent in the entire galaxy. Spencer, this guy had an incredible 2021, the top selling agent by volume for Seaport Real Estate, our guy John Carr. But did you see what he did in January of 2022?
0: Yeah, he's the Eastern Conference Realtor of the Month, dude.
1: Yes, some would say that. That's one of the more prestigious awards as far as uh Southern Real Estate uh awards per month. Spencer, January 2022. Get a load of these stats for John Carr. $1.7 million in sales in January alone. Crazy. Crazy numbers. So he backs up 2021 with, with just a fantastic rookie campaign and then starts off January 2022 with $1.7 million in sales. Those are what we call numbies. Call John Carr if you're buying or selling real estate. 912-228-228. 0916 912 0916. Tell him the Hawk Grits podcast sent you and he'll hook it up for you. Um, Spencer, you want to talk about Savannah State football for a second? Could I interest you in that? Absolutely. Okay. Russell DeMasi, our guy, we're a pro-Russ Demasi podcast. We we know that already. He was named the interim football coach for Savannah State in December. He is still currently as we record this on Monday afternoon, the interim at Savannah State. I don't imagine a full-time job would be given to anybody there until probably the first week of March. But Russ and the rest of the SSU staff brought in 30-plus players in this most recent recruiting class, which signed last Wednesday on National Signing Day. As an interim head coach, Spencer, how nutty is it that he could still sign and get guys to come play at Savannah State when they don't even know if he's going to be the head coach or
0: not. It's really astounding, honestly. Um, when you, whenever you sign on to a program like that, these guys are basically giving four years to whatever coach is in is at the reins at that time. You know what I mean? Like that's what they sign up for. Um, they're making the argument. Like you said it earlier today, they're making the argument that you're coming to play for the program, but that's just not how that works anywhere else. Uh, guys typically leave like uh, the in D1, the bigger profile guys just straight up leave anytime a coach gets fired. Um, so for him to come in be an interim coach, not even sure that he's going to be the head coach, and he gets all these guys, it's really really impressive, to say the least.
1: Yeah, and Nathan Dominance over at the Savannah Morning News had a really good story last week about the signing day, the the class, um, for Savannah state, but also with some quotes that I want to read quickly, Spencer from, from Russell. Uh, and this is like super honest talk here. Like there's a little bit of coach speak in some of it, but this is why we fuck with Russell Demasi because of these kinds of quotes. Listen to this, Spencer. He was, um, Dominance asked him about you know, recruiting kids and them, the kids asking Russell about the head coaching job. Like, are you going to be there next month or not? And, you know, so he's asking, how do you answer that to Damasi? And he responds um, with this Spencer quote, it really doesn't bother me as much as I get asked about it. I'm doing this job every day to the best of my ability. And this is what I want to do. Hopefully in the end, I give them a reason to keep me because what they've seen and how, they've seen our program heading in the right direction day in and day out just putting in the work and i hope it turns out how i want it to i've done everything to the best of my ability i know i can't go back and change anything i have no regrets end quote one more for you spencer quote it's tough he said and going over the scenarios with prospects you could sign with us and i might not be here in a month hopefully that's not the case that's not what i'm Prepping for end quote. So he's telling guys, like, look, you could sign with us and I might not be here in a month, but I wouldn't be here. And look, social media has been a buzz about this. If Savannah State doesn't make him the head coach, Spencer, there will be an uproar. And one more thing, and then you can chime in, Spencer. SSU, Savannah State University, Russ r-u-s-s-s-s-u so that's something, right?
0: Yeah, there's there's a little bit of uh, tea leaves at work here, you know what I mean? Some palm reading going on. I like it. I like the energy. All right, so clearly
1: we are a pro Russell DeMossi podcast. Hopefully Savannah State makes that happen. Um, if they don't, then I don't know if I would be surprised, given Savannah State athletics history. But Russell has done everything he could do to get that job and hopefully for him he'll uh he'll get it spencer i think we have to have him back on the podcast regardless though right absolutely Whether he gets the job or not like if he gets the job we have him back on if he doesn't get it we definitely have him back on immediately
0: absolutely all
1: right well let's stick local here spencer um let's talk about the in-market arena opening um we'll be quick on on that and then i want to get to some of uh, Mayor Van Johnson's comments in the last couple weeks, notably about St. Patrick's Day. Um, okay, so the In Market Arena opened this past weekend. Spencer, and look, you work in downtown Savannah. You're around, you know, a bunch of people that I don't know if there's a bunch of people discussing the In Market Arena, you know, at the bars downtown. But I know that Savannah has been anticipating this for a long time, and it's been contentious at some spots but thank god this building is finally opened um even though there's some you know there's some clear flaws in how this was how this was done uh, and how it's been handled but it's open finally uh what what say you are you are you stoked about this
0: yeah it's crazy how hard it is for our city to get literally anything done you know what Beautiful. i mean it's crazy uh we um, notably lost our baseball team over this um but
1: Rest in peace, Sandnats.
0: Yeah, RIP. Um, I have been hearing, you know, I've been hearing some birdies talk. I've heard a couple of people tell me that this might have been a little bit more underhanded than it may have seemed at first. Um, for one, apparently, Mayor Edna Jackson's family owns land immediately adjacent to the in-market arena, what is now the in-market arena. Um, and that's been the site That has been discussed since, I believe, since she was in office. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. Or immediately thereafter. Um,
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been discussed for a decade and a half.
0: Which, that's that's uh, an interesting
1: little tidbit, though. Keep going.
0: Super slimy. You know what I mean? Um, If nothing else, like, I feel like it's not directly corrupt, but I mean, it's about as open openly saying uh, like i'm trying to make my life better um on the taxpayer's dime as you could possibly possibly say um so not great um and we've also been getting like a lot of complaints about parking and stuff and uh like i've been hearing that and just like outrageous ticket prices like 500 dollars to go and see some old bag of bones on stage so like i I don't know what's going on there (laughs) but um old i'm glad the bones arena's done. i'll say that would be a great band name <laughs> old bag of bones like yeah that. listen I, dude, i'm glad I this picture, building's
1: open too man
0: I, I saw a picture of someone getting rowed up to the arena in like a little like a tiny little rowboat and then like tying it up did you see that like a little dingy
1: whoa okay several thoughts no i did not see that um I did know that that was possible. Like, it's the canal district. I mean, I guess that makes it pretty obvious that you can get there by way of canal. Um, I'll be honest, though. I'm sort of an amateur when it comes to the usage of canals. Um, Certainly, tiny boats, tiny watercraft vessels I'm not familiar with too often. That's pretty nuts, though. Wait, so someone just cruised up to, like, the concert this past weekend in a a
0: little Yeah, I think it was, like, the opening concert. I don't know if it was this past weekend. Like it was, apparently a few people did it. Uh Savannah, you're doing too much, man. We'll never be fancy here. We're not Charleston.
1: Hold, on, hold on, hold on, Charleston. hold on. Hold on. Hold on. So is it like a business? Like you can like, like an Uber? Like you just go on. I'm not sure. Like, I
0: can, I can neither confirm nor deny that. Um, right,
1: look into that. That's your job next week. Look into that. Uh Find some little birdies to tell you some stuff about that.
0: Hold on, dude. You can't assign me jobs. Why not? That's not how this works. That's not how this works. I might look into it.
1: That's definitely we'll how this works. I mean, you ignore it, but I definitely do the assigning.
0: Yeah. We'll see. I'll look into it. <laughs> I know what that means. I'll ask a couple birdies.
1: Good. Our listeners will be waiting, dude. Yeah. Coming up on episode 102, uh, Canal District with Spencer Maddox.
0: Mm. I, the main is not Charleston, though, dude. I think we can both agree on that. Like, We shouldn't try and be Charleston. It's no, too much. We, sh-
1: we shouldn't, dude. And we're always compared to Chucktown, like always, yeah. always compared to Chucktown. But I resist that comparison. Like, I get why it happens, but we're not trying to be them. They should yeah. be trying to be us. Like, it's, that's, it's a different way around.
0: Agreed. But if we're building canals up to our, I mean, if we're, you know, having people bring, like, ride a, do- a dinghy. There we go. Ride a dinghy up to our uh, in-market arena. That stinks of a Charleston, you know, high snobbery. So I'm I'm not into that. Get me out of here.
1: Can I tell you that I like high snobbery? I like that term. Never heard it, but I definitely like that. Um, All right, well, let's stay local, Spencer. I want to move on to um, a former Hot Grits podcast guest, uh, the mayor of Savannah, Mayor Van Johnson. He has made headlines of late. In late January, he talked about St. Patrick's Day, and it went pretty viral in terms of Savannah. I'm going to read you a couple of quotes, Spencer. And then we'll talk about what in the hell is going through their brains down there at city hall. Mayor Johnson wants to make St. Patrick's day more family friendly. And they're talking about this in the open, in the press. They're saying these quotes that are getting people very, very riled up. Uh, One of the, one of the notes that mayor Johnson talks about before we start bashing them, uh, I do agree, and they've talked about this. They're going to try, starting this year on St. Patrick's Day, to move the parade zone closer to victory, like expand it out towards Midtown, towards Southside, because I do think a lot of Savannah bars, restaurants, and businesses are negatively impacted, or at least they're not receiving the positive impacts that the, the businesses downtown get from from this weekend festival from St. Patrick's Day. And so I've always thought that, like, we need to incorporate more of Savannah's bars and restaurants into St. Patrick's Day, not just limit it to downtown only. So I do agree with that part, Spencer. But here's where Mayor Johnson got himself in a hell of a lot of trouble. Uh, I'm trying to find the quote here, but, um, Spencer, do you, do you have any thoughts on that first while I find it? but. moving the the festival zone closer to or just expanding it in general
0: well uh, he used language such as being more inclusive um which at its heart being more inclusive there's nothing wrong with that but um really what this came off to me as somebody who's worked in this industry his entire life is that he's trying to get starling yard involved because a bunch of money was pumped into that area. They're trying to revive that. So he's trying to get Starling yard involved. Um, do I think it's right or fair? No. Um, especially when it's clearly just like trying to get it towards victory so that we can get that big institutional money involved. Um, no, I don't think it's right or fair. I also don't think it's for small businesses. And if we're going to talk about it being inclusive, um, it's an Irish holiday, for God's sake. I mean, like, I, I I don't know. Like, I can't. I'm struggling to think of a comparison, but and like, I don't want to come off as like a pearl clutcher here, but how, do we have to make everything include? Like, it's we're celebrating Irish heritage. Savannah's an Irish town. Like, what are we, what are we doing, dude? People come down to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. It's Irish. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and look, there hasn't been a Savannah St. Patrick's Day since 2019. It's, we've missed it two years in a row now. And that look, that's a big deal for people that like the event, but it's a huge deal for businesses and people that depend on that. I mean, not depend on it, but people that count on it and that look forward right. to making X number of dollars and X number of things. When you go out and you start talking about changing St. Patrick's Day to make it more, quote, local, family-friendly, And representative of Savannah, he says, quote, this is the mayor now, quote, say, we've all watched St. Patrick's Day become something that we don't want it to be. Calls it a drunk fest, Spencer. And he says that he pledges to make it less so. So it's going to be more family friendly, more authentic, he even says. Here's, Here's the direct quote. St. Patrick's Day has morphed into drunk fest, and that's not Savannah. I'm out during St. Patrick's Day and I see people laying in the streets, end quote. Now, look, that is pretty stupid to come out and say and and condemn drinking on St. Patrick's Day in a city where you depend on St. Patrick's Day. You're a mayor of a city. You depend on people voting for you in order to keep your job. If you want to make St. Patrick's Day less of a drunk fest, as he calls it, then do it, but you don't have to come out and announce it and give yourself such bad press. Someone in the PR department at the mayor's office downtown should be in a hell of a lot of trouble because this was dumb, short-sighted, and tone-deaf.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And, I I mean, the city is kept afloat. Like, hundreds of businesses are kept afloat every year by this one holiday. Um, Like, a million people flood to the city. Yeah, unique, unique to Savannah, and I mean, it also has ramifications for not just St. Patrick's Day, like the entire month. Like people don't just come for that week. March is the busiest month of the year for the city, so I mean, scaling back, scaling back this stuff and saying it's because of COVID is you're right, short sighted, um, and just bad for the city. Like, sure, you don't want people getting drunk in the street all right if you want to say that it casts a bad light on the city whatever but i think you brought it up earlier there's murders every weekend down there you know like people are getting shot left and right and you you made the point i don't want to steal your point but fix that
1: yeah that that to me is one of the more troubling things about this whole ordeal is that of all things that mayor van johnson could be doing and could be standing on as far as platforms go things that he wants to accomplish. Why in the fuck is fixing St. Patrick's day the priority, right. maybe handle some of the crime, maybe handle some of the people getting shot dead in the streets. You know what well, I mean? Kinda- like instead of having all these um, conventions and photo ops and press conferences and cutting ribbons for brand new arenas, fix that.
0: Well, that's why I was always, it was always kind of short-sighted in my mind to take an anti-police stance Um, not even two years ago, I think actually just a year ago and, uh, all these murders rack up and now you almost kind of can't say anything about him.
1: Well, look, Um, to defend him quickly, I, you and I disagree on the police issue. I don't think he was coming out and being anti-police. He was saying, and we we shouldn't get too bogged down in this, but I think
0: he's
1: looking for police reform. I think that was happening across the country.
0: Yeah. But, uh, I mean, some of those comments could be construed as anti-police. I, I, I believe fair enough, and, fair
1: enough, but but still, even that—that's probably it was, more important than fixing St. Patrick's today. I mean, it was yeah,
0: it was getting swept. You got swept up in the moment, bro. Like a bunch of mayors did, not just him. A bunch of mayors did, and it ended up being a little short-sighted. You know what I mean? Like, turns out murder is kind of a big deal. Like that happens all the time. So,
1: can't confirm murder is a big deal. What do you think about that <laughs> quote? Uh, I've been around, I've been walking around on St. Patrick's Day before, and I see people laying in the streets. Who does that make you think of?
0: Uh, made me think of Tony Thomas, his old running buddy. Yes. Like right off the rip. Um, and uh, it, it came off as a little bit hypocritical because he was on that city council with Tony Thomas. Um, Tony Thomas, you know, was his supporter throughout his campaign. Um, not a great look. Not a great look.
1: No, Come it's on. not. And look, we'll move on. And, and for the interest of honesty here, we have reached out to Mayor Johnson, and we had an interview scheduled with him for the middle of January. Um, he had to cancel on us. Under like we understand, he's a busy guy. And then we had another one set up for February first, and you and I had to cancel on that one. So it's one to one. We'll call that a tie.
0: Yeah, we're even busier. That's the that's the thing.
1: Correct. Correct. You're, I mean, you're researching canals, dude. You're you're in
0: the yeah. mud. Um, I'm a leading researcher We will continue in to try
1: to get Mayor Johnson on. I mean, we can't sit here and bash people if we're not e- going to give them the opportunity to defend themselves. But look, that was so dumb and stupid. And, you know, I don't know if Mayor Johnson would agree with me. I'm pretty sure he would not agree with me. But I don't think he would mind me saying that. I think he would welcome, welcome the conversation. So hopefully yeah. we can...
0: Well, I mean, to an extent, you can't be like, you know, I don't mean to bash the guy, but he's a total idiot. No, I didn't... No. Like, No I'm, offense, but you're a stupid asshole. If the mayor was on with
1: us right now, Spencer, I would just ask him, I would ask him, where does fixing St. Patrick's Day fit in your priorities as the mayor? How far up is it? Is it just below or just above COVID? Is it just below right. or just above crime? I mean, th- right. those are the kind of things because, and, and again, you just don't announce it. Don't hold a press conference. Right. fix it if you want to fix it. I'm moving on from it, Spencer. I'm done with it. Yeah, I've set my piece. All right, we'll move on to the Atlanta basketball professional franchise um, to close up the episode, Spencer. But first, new sponsor alert, Savannah Adult Baseball League. Savannah Adult Adult Baseball League, three leagues, 18+, 30+, and 40+. plus. Uh, You can register as a free agent before the free agent tryouts on Saturday, February 26th. Opening day is March 13th. S-A-V-M-A-B-L dot com. S-A-V-M-A-B-L dot com. Or find them on Facebook, Savannah Adult Baseball League. This is a really competitive baseball league, and there's three different divisions, so you'll be playing with people that are your around your age. So 30 to 40, 40 and above, or 18 to 30 are the three options you have. Um, look, over 250 players in this league, uh, it's been going since 2006. It is the official affiliate of United States Adult Baseball Association, Savannah's official affiliate for that. I'm playing in the league this year, Spencer, playing in the 30-plus league this year. I'm a top prospect now. I was one of the worst players in the 18-and-over league when I last played in 2018.
0: Coming out, out of retirement, a right? light-hitting utility man. Are you going to be light-hitting?
1: Are you going to be playing shortstop? I doubt it. Probably third base or second base.
0: Over, under, how many sacrifice bunts do you lay down this year? Um, I'm going to say three.
1: Yeah, that's a good place to set it. I'd take the over.
0: i take the over as well.
1: I'd take the over.
0: I mean, you don't want to take the bat out of your hands, but with your kind oh, of no. uh, hand-eye coordination, you know what I mean? Supreme and but, well, I, I'm an athlete supreme lack of speed go ahead and lay it down get the guy over
1: well look i you can't teach athleticism 5.3 points per game in 2010 honorable mention all region 3a basketball um they don't just hand those things out penny that means i'm an athlete i'm going to aim for hitting 300 this year my team name is the twins our team name is the twins so hot grits podcast is definitely Pro Twins moving forward into March. Check out Savannah Adult Baseball League, S-A-V-N-A-B-L.com. Spencer, the Atlanta professional basketball franchise is 25 and 28. They are 10th in the Eastern Conference right now. Last episode, you had them at a 5 seed. I had them at an 8 seed. They got hot there for a while. Now they've dropped two straight. Uh, where are the Hawks and where is their ceiling? Sorry, not the Hawks, the Atlanta professional basketball franchise.
0: Well, just objectively, uh, it should be a six seed ceiling. I I don't think they're gonna have enough steam to get to the fifth seed. Um, which I think I think honestly, the fifth seed would be the fifth seed would be like a near miracle at this point. They can definitely reach the sixth seed. Um, a fifth ceiling and above would be a near miracle in my opinion. Um. They can definitely reach the six seed just because everybody's kind of floundering right in that area. Um, the trade deadline due Thursday looms pretty large for this team. It looked like they weren't going to make any moves after that seven game winning streak. They lose one, then they beat the best team in the friggin' NBA. Um, it looked like they'd kind of figured it out, and then you lose two straight, and the last one being a pretty tough one on national TV. Um,
1: yeah, Sunday night versus the Mavs. Um- And, look, you talked about the trade deadline on Thursday. John Collins was asked about it. Uh, I asked about him being in trade rumors again on Sunday night after the loss to the Mavs. Um, I I think that makes sense that they would ask him that kind of question, but you don't see John Collins. Like, is it fair to say that it makes sense to be talking about it and asking about it and wondering about it, but you don't see a trade happening before Thursday that would involve John Collins,
0: do you? Um, I... I know you don't want they, them to, but no, if they, if they were to make an impact trade. So like, like a top 30 guy or a top 20 guy, it's almost certainly going to involve John Collins, unless that player is much, much older. Um, just because, I mean, he really is their best trade piece. Like if, if anybody's movable, other than Trey Young, obviously it's pretty much John Collins and then DeAndre Hunter. Um, I don't think that kind of deal materializes um, ah, man, I hope they don't. Yeah, they, him. Yeah, I, I've I don't been so high on John Collins this entire year. I, I, I just think he's gone out and out, for, like, he's been better than he was last year in my mind, even though the numbers are roughly the same. I feel like he's stepped it up. You
1: no, know, and you can tell, like, he's not to be this guy, but, like, doesn't it seem like he's grown up? Like, we had Jeff Schultz on, I guess, a year ago now, and those were still questions lingering around John Collins. Like, can you trust this guy in the locker room? Like, Is he sure enough? Is he that, you know, is he that dude? And I think that, you know, his play has been pretty, like no one's going to criticize his play. I think everyone, he is what he is. Like he's bonafide, but he's even like solidified that part of his game too and surrounding that part of it. Um, This is a 10 seed ceiling team right now. they They sit at the 10 seed and Spencer, they had such a golden opportunity this past week after knocking off Phoenix, who was, I think, 40-9 and at the time, can I drop a stat on you about the bottom of the Eastern Conference? You may. The bottom eight teams. So that's the Hornets, who are right above the Hawks, and then the Hawks or the Atlanta professional basketball franchise and everyone below them. The bottom eight teams in the East have lost 18 consecutive games. 18 consecutive straight games for the bottom eight teams have lost. So the gap is widening between the haves and have, not, have nots, but a lot like the Celtics, Atlanta just seems to be sort of one of the only teams that can't figure out which way it's going up or down. I mean, they're not going to sell, but you can only tread water for so long. And I think that's, right. what,
0: that's what they're doing right now. It's important. Like I, I always remind myself when I think about this team, that they still are like really young. Yeah. they were probably a year ahead of or if not two years ahead of schedule last year when they made the Eastern Conference finals um and that's why people were so surprised by this i wasn't like i saw what they did last year towards the end of the year and i knew they could make a like they were capable of making a run especially if they started hitting some shots um i didn't think they would play the kind of defense they did last year and we haven't seen that show up at all um so this team they're going to continue to be streaky as long as they're Playing this kind of defense, like, they'll blow some really good teams out of the water every night, every every other night, um, just because they're so damn good on offense. But they'll also lose really winnable games that kind of make you scratch your head. It's just kind of the nature of the beast. And, I mean, these guys are, like, 23 years old. You know what I mean? Like, their three best players are all under 25. So, what are you really going to, you know, what are you really expecting of them? Do you think they're going to make the one seed? I mean, you see yeah. that with...
1: No, oh, no, not the one season. Yeah, I get that feeling too. They're just, I mean, I don't know that any move is necessary right now. I I think hope to make the playoffs and then get hot, but right. you shouldn't be trying or thinking or even really considering an NBA title where they stand right now. They're several moves away from that is what it would seem, or at least I, or at I least the players they have have to increase, have to be better by several increases. Right. And that's possible, but like you know, none of that's happening.
0: I th- I think I think you're wrong in what – like, yes, they have to be better. Okay, um, fair. I, I don't think they're several moves away, though. Uh, just because their biggest problem is on the defensive end. You know what I mean? It's like – sure, they could use a secondary ball creator, but we just saw the kind of run they were capable of last year. And, I mean, they were putting up like 130 points a night. You know what I mean? Like 120 – it's not like these guys have any any issues on the offensive side of the ball. Would it be nice to have a second starter next to Trey? Yes. Would that probably be ideal? Sure. But I definitely think the talent is there, at least on the offensive side of the ball, to win a title at some point in the next three years. They got to defend some people, man. They got to play better team defense, and I think a lot of it comes down to scheme. Um, it's been brutal, man. But it's I if I see another wide open three, I'm gonna puke. I'm so sick of that. I don't know. That's Trey Young is
1: better son. than Devin Booker, and I've been saying that for years. Uh, do you have anything else? No,
0: you haven't, dude. I had to get you on that. It's all good. Do you have anything else
1: on the Atlanta professional basketball franchise?
0: That's it, brother.
1: How do they Find follow on...
0: you? Oh, I was so ahead of you, man. Okay, hold on. Let
1: me, go... Let me do it again. Let me do it again. Okay. Three, right. two, one.
0: How do they follow you? Find me on Twitter at Spencer underscore. Don't you dare forget that underscore. Trev, how do they find you?
1: At Jadon Sports for me on Twitter, at Podcast Grits on Twitter for the show. Rate, subscribe, rate, subscribe, rate, subscribe. Follow us on Facebook as well. Uh, Spencer Super Bowl episode, preview episode, coming out on Wednesday, and then the Super Bowl on Sunday. So until then, we'll see you guys at Coach's Corner on Sunday. For the big game, we'll talk to you guys next week in episode 102 after the Super Bowl. Stay safe. Wash your hands, you filthy animals. Peace. Savannah's premier indoor baseball training facility, SBPA, is owned and operated by Ross Howard. And together with instructors who have played college and professional baseball, Ross and SBPA offer customized instruction year-round for baseball and softball players from ages 8 to 80. Think about that. 8 to 80 It's a young man's game. Full-length batting cages, pitching mounds, and a state-of-the-art technology to measure improvement are just a few of the highlights over at the Academy. Call Ross at 912-484-5282 and visit the Savannah Baseball Performance Academy on Facebook for programs, teams, camps, and more information about how to take advantage of this great venue. Savannah's only year-round indoor baseball facility. Ross Howard, our guy, helping us out sponsoring the Hot Grids podcast. Give him a call, 912-484-5282.